Hello, everyone. This is Kyle Galaz with Port to Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We are here in Season 4, Episode 4, continuing the one-on-one training sessions. I got to do a really fun training session with a salesperson at a Toyota dealership out of Canada by the name of Frank Salvino. Frank Salvino messaged me on Instagram, and we've kind of become friends. You know, we, we message back and forth about the car business. Frank hired me to do a one-on-one training session. He had three or four topics that he wanted to elevate, and you're going to get to watch it here. If any of you salespeople out there want to do a one-on-one training session, message me on Facebook, find Kyle Galaz, or find me on Instagram, port to Car Sales Training Podcast. You get to pick three or four topics that you want to elevate in your career, and I'll put together a game plan. We do an hour-long training session over Zoom. Super easy. I send you the link, and boom, we're face-to-face. And let's get you on your path to becoming a sales titan, selling tons of cars, setting records at your dealership that can't be broken, and, and making over 100000 a year. That is why we're in this business. We're not in this business to make average income and be average salespeople. We got in this business to make a ridiculous amount of money, set records, have fun, and, and, and have a, a, a career that can bring new things in our life and meet new people. And here you are listening to the podcast with the opportunity to do that. So find me, message me. I also want to give a shout out to all the salespeople that I follow on Instagram. I love the content that you guys put out. It's inspiring to see what you guys are able to do uh, with the vehicles, with drones, with with effects. It's just it's pretty awesome to watch you guys do that. I follow over four thousand accounts of dealerships and salespeople alike, and it's it's pretty awesome to watch you guys do what you do. Find me on Instagram, Porta Porta Car Sales Training. Uh, follow me and I'll give you a follow back. I try to like everyone's uh, videos and reels and everything that you guys put out. I really, I really enjoy watching your guys' content. I also want to give a shout out to all the salespeople that purchased my book off Amazon, Porta Pro Daily Workbook. Some of you guys have sent me the uh, pictures of the daily work logs that you're doing. And at the bottom of each sheet shows how many cars you sold for just that day. It's it's astounding what what guidance throughout the day and not winging it through the day will will do for a salesperson's income a salesperson's sales each day and and when i start seeing salespeople selling a car every single day it, it's just astounding that what changing a few things in your in your routine in your work ethic can can do for a salesperson's income and, and sales and and career and lifetime really it's a small investment. Of course, the workbook is, is only $14.99, but you got to change something, right? If, if you're in listening to the podcast, then you're obviously trying to change something in your career. Some of these salespeople are doing one-on-ones with me across the world, right? They're trying to change something. They want to go to the next level. If you continue to do the same thing and expect a different income, then you're setting yourself up for fail, failure. you got to try different things. And my, my years of experience in the car business, I've done all all the mistakes, all the successes. It's not just I put in 20 years of just blah. I put in 20 years of trying things, posting on social media, getting yeses, getting no's, getting rejected, getting in trouble, pushing the limits, not pushing the limits. I've done all this stuff and now I get to fine tune it and package it for you guys that are listeners. And I'm proud to, to say that this workbook is helping people sell more cars. This sounds like a promo. I didn't mean it to sound like a promo, but I guess it kind of is. What a small investment in yourselves to change 
you as a salesperson and put you in the right direction. So many salespeople go to work and hope to sell a car. So let's stop doing that. Let's go to work with a purpose, right? Let's go to work with a mission. Let's go to work with a different mindset and the, and the workbook will help you guys do that. And it's proof. There's proof. I'm not kidding. People are sending me uh, pictures of, of their successes every single day. What's great about the workbook also is it shows you as an individual unique to you, what does it take for you to sell a car every day? The workbook will help you do that. Let's get on to this episode. I just want to say thank you guys for your, your support. You know, when I started the podcast in November of 2020, I had, I had no idea where it was going to go. I just thought, you know what? People have helped me along my career the last 20 years. I'm going to help other people. I'm not going to charge for it. I'm just going to put my content out there and see who I can help. And it's, it seems to be helping quite a few people because of the feedback I get. And please keep the feedback coming. Follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back. I, I can't wait to meet you guys. And I promise you something. I'm making this promise on this episode. I will become the number one car sales trainer on the planet. And I will be visiting every single dealership possible in the future. I, I, if I can... If I can uh, Get to all of them, I will certainly try, but my mission is to become uh, a car sales trainer on the road, meeting people, shaking hands, and helping people in person. And the only way I can do that is by your guys' support. If you ever want to meet Kyle Galaz and me come to your dealership and help you guys in person, help close deals, maybe even work a deal for you. Um, I need your guys' support. Keep listening to the podcast. Get the workbook. Get the uh, do one-on-one training sessions. I'm so passionate about this. I hope you guys can hear it in my voice. All right, enough about that. Let's get this episode going. Hey, everybody. My name is Kyle Galaz with Ford Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. I'm here with the legendary Frank Salvino out of... Why don't you introduce yourself, Frank? I'm Frank um, Salvino from Toronto. I'm at Kenshaw Toyota right now. And hope Excellent. to be for a long time, yeah. Yep, the longer you stay at a place, the, the more referrals you'll start getting. So you have the, the right mindset. So uh, when Frank messaged me about doing a one-on-one, he brought up four areas that he wants to, to cover. And they're actually, Frank, they're great areas to cover. Um, actually, some of these I, I didn't, I've never even brought up in my, my podcast. So um, I've always noticed in my career that the greater the greater amount of minds I can get, the more ideas come out of it. So I appreciate you first doing a one-on-one and coming up with some ideas that you need help with that also teach me stuff too. But uh, I've dealt with all these things that, that you've, that you've, that you've dealt with. So let's start with the time management. You messaged me about time management. Tell me what, what do you, what are some of the things that you struggle with, with time management or that you might need coverage on? Well, so, so like I come from a very different place. Like I, I started selling cars kind of late in my life, very recently, and uh, you know it's a big, huge learning curve. One that I respect. I mean, it's a profession that I've come to respect a great deal, and it's massive. Like the things that I have to do to me, at any rate, my impression of them. And when I say time management, it's you know I just just before we started this podcast, I remembered I'd gotten a phone call, a text and an email from a customer on Thursday that I hadn't gotten back to. And so I did that just before we started this. And and then there's the delivery I have on Wednesday. And then, 
you know, I, I just all kinds of things. And so I'm, one of the things that I started doing recently, and this is uh, uh, based on my, my manager's uh, very strong advice, I got myself a day book. Nice. And I've been writing tasks down and, and sort of checking them off. But what happens to me very often is uh, you know, I'm busy, right? I'm really busy. I'll start on one thing. I get called, I pick up the phone, pick up the phone, handle a call. I'm on another thing. I've only finished half of the first thing. I'm now on the fourth and the fifth thing. Then there's a seventh thing and I get kind of distracted. And I've been told, focus on what you're doing and stay there and then finish that before you leave anything. But I find that very hard to do. And uh, it gets, I think I mentioned this in that text to you, um, even my days off where I'm like, I'm supposed to be resting and I can't really rest. <laughs> I'm not really working. And I, I like, it's not much of a day off, right? <laughs> Yeah, that is the curse of the car business is sometimes days off don't mean jack squat. Um, so one of the things that would, so I've been in, I've been in sales since I was 17. I'm now 39. I've been in car sales since I was 20, 20. And I'm, so I'm in my 20th year of car sales. Uh, and the thing that I learned early on, which you're going to learn right now is you have to embrace the chaos. There, there is no formula to make everything just it's, you know, it's organized. It's, I'm an engineer mindset. This is how I do things. And hey, at five o'clock, I'm going to go and do this at, at six. It doesn't work like that. So one of the things that helped me is I've embraced that I'm in a chaotic business and there is no, there's no perfect formula. And you have your, you know, hey, Siri, set a reminder for this and that. That's all fine and dandy until you get a fresh up right before you're about to leave to go home. Exactly. And the manager's watching you. You're like, I can't, this could be a thousand dollar commission. I can't leave, you know, or, or whatever. So one of the things that helped me is I just embraced the chaos. It, it's, it's kind of chaotic and it's as, as salesman and even a sales manager, I've, I've signed up for it. Now, how can I deal with it? What's the best way to deal with it? So one of the things that can help you with, and we'll kind of break down the time management because there's multiple categories. There's dealing with customers on your time off. There's dealing with managers. There's dealing with uh, due bills and wheels that you got to get something to service to get fixed. Oh, it has a scratch on it. You need to set it up and get it fixed. There's those items too that, and then there's the random thing that gets thrown on your, on your lap, you know, out of nowhere. That's the kind of the chaotic part, but let's start with the days off because one of the things that I tell my salespeople is take your days off and rest. I don't care what's going on. You need to rest because if your mind is jumbled in garbage and you come to work, you're, you, it's, it's just chaotic, right? You, you're no good at to, to a customer if you can't get your mind straight and, and you're not rested. You're, you're, you got baggy eyes, things like that. But to take your days off, what I ask my sales guys because I always tell them, take your days off. I've never asked them once to work their day off, ever. But what I do tell them is, when you're here, I need you to grind every minute. So then you can take those days off guilt-free. Because let me ask you this question. Uh, how long have you been in the car business now? I started off as a car jockey back in October of last year. Okay. How long have you been in the sales part? Sales, uh, at the end of February, that's when they moved me up. Got my license okay here. nice have you had any really big months yet money money wise yeah I, yeah decent yeah last okay. month was pretty good yeah. excellent so 
when I noticed my sales guys and same thing with me, when I'm at, when I'm at 15,000 and it's the 21st of the month, my days off are just like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like the Godfather, you know, I feel like Tony Montana, forget about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if I'm at $2,000 on the 21st, can I really enjoy my days off? No, no, and of course not. No. So, so there's a, there's a monetary value leading up to a day off that if you pass this certain amount of money, then your days off feel wonderful. Nothing can bother a guy that's made 20 grand by the 21st of the month. I don't care a, a wheel, a do bill, a, a customer that's mad, a heat case. Oh, I forgot to send an email. I made 21 grand and I still got 10 days left. So, so remember that too, when you're taking days off and you haven't hit your, your goal or you're way behind on the month, that can affect your days off. So you know, you know the both sides of that feeling. The, I'm at 2,000 by the 21st. I'm at 15,000 by the 21st. So those days off are different. Um, so when you're, when you're working and you, and you have the first 10 days of the month, that's a very crucial time. Because momentum is everything in the car business. If you watch, if you watch your whole sales staff, the guys that get one or two out in the first couple of days, they they kill it all month. They got that momentum. So if you have a day off on the first day of the month, what my recommendation is, even though I don't say this out loud to my sales guys, is work it and get a car out and do everything you can to get a car out on the first day of the month, because that sets up the rest of your month for success. And then your days off, you're not chaotic. You know, you're you're five units ahead of your goal by the twentieth. And uh, do do you see how that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So so day days off, like you know, we got stuff to do. I have two daughters and a wife. You have what? I got a wife out in England right now. Okay, so you me, actually no, well, no excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. but you still got stuff to do on your days off. I got, right? Yeah. 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 My manager joked yeah. yesterday says you have no free time because he knows I'm busy. I, I, I roll in the mornings. I do jitsu in the morning just to keep nice. my head clear and all that. And, and I do work my days off. I did, uh, I did four or three or four in a row last month. Yeah. So, and, and when you, when you're telling me in the beginning here that you're, you know, you got the phone call and you got this and you're doing that and this and that, you know what that tells me about Frank, you're a hustler. Yeah. And you're, you're not afraid of this. You just need to figure out how to manage it. Yeah. Uh, because I meet people that when they get all busy and they, they get, they get overwhelmed, they quit the job. I, I just, I can't do it. So I've already learned a few yeah. things about Frank in this small meeting is you're a hustler. You're not afraid of work. You just need to figure out the timing. Okay. So one of the things that will help your days off is try to get that money made quick and fast. Okay. It's like, getting control in a jujitsu match right away. You, you want to get control because you don't want to be the guy on the bad side of this match. You need to get right. control, right? Yeah. Whatever it is you got to do, you got to get control of the match. Otherwise the match controls you and your opponent controls you through that whole jujitsu match. Okay. So no different than the month. This is good. You're jujitsu guy. Your month is the opponent. Okay. Um, so you got to get control of that opponent right away. He may be a, he may be a blue belt and you're a white belt. Well, what belt are you? I'm a blue. blue belt. Excellent. So yeah. you're scary. You're very scary because I used to roll with blue belts and they know okay. a lot. So, okay. 
Okay, so you're a blue belt salesman, right? Let's say. Yeah. And the month, the month is the, the opponent get control right away. Use that, use that analogy. I got to get control right away. Otherwise the month's going to control me. Once you get on the back side of the month and you're, you're behind on your units, you can never enjoy a day off. Okay. So that's just a small little tidbit about days off days off. If you got 20 grand made, remember that the days off feel like you're in heaven. I earned this. I'm Tony Montana now, right? <laughs> I got it. Yeah, makes makes sense. Okay, okay. So um, you also put that you feel paralyzed on the days off. That goes right with that. Um, sometimes, if you are about to take two days off, it's okay to let customers know. If you got customers that are, hey, I got this, this, and this going on. Can you help me do this appraisal? Hey, I got a couple days off. That that I'm Thursday and Friday. I won't be at the dealership. I can either, and you let them feel like they're in control. I can either set you up with one of my guys that helps me out, another sales guy, or if you want to wait until I'm back, I can call you as soon as I'm back and we can continue this, okay? Let the customer know what's happening. Don't just take a day off and not tell anybody, you know, tell your, your customers. Right. Let them know what's going on because then they feel in the loop and that you're going above and beyond, and then they won't bug you for two days. They'll give you your time you, off. You do that. I, I've, I've recently just... Uh, Simple things that I'm learning, right? The things that other people take for granted. I recently updated my uh, greeting message in the voicemail so that people know when I'm not there. And uh, I was thinking about doing that with emails because I get emails at odd times when I'm not supposed to be there and I'm like supposed to be relaxing and the emails are kind of urgent. And right. he knows that I'm not working, right? Yeah, so the, the thing that when I deal with professionals and they're back at, at, at work, and their time says, hey, I'm back on the 26th, but it's the 29th now, and I'm still getting that old message. Be very careful with that, because then you look like a doofus. Right. Okay. So do you have set days off? Like it's the yeah, same every week? Wednesday and Sunday. Okay. So in your message, don't use a date or a month. Right. Just, if you're calling me on a Wednesday or a Sunday, this is my time off, and I will be back to call you first thing Thursday or Monday. Right. Just have a generic time. Don't put the date. You know that's how that I goes. Did. Yeah, that's what I did. Because you've called people like that, right? And says, yeah. oh, I'm back from vacation on the 9th. And it's freaking the 15th. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah. so that's good that you're thinking about that. But if you have any deals hanging out there and you're about to go to your days off, let people know. Let your manager know, hey, I got this lady that might be coming in. If she comes in, just get her with a salesperson. Here's her name. Or let the customer know ahead of time. And that'll help with the days off being paralyzed like oh man i'm gonna have to go in okay uh another time management thing that i notice salespeople will do is they'll get to work and let's say at 8 8 a.m okay and they they do the the coffee thing the breakfast thing the the smoke and joke thing for a while with the buddies then they go disappear for 20 minutes then they use the bathroom i've mentioned this in my my episodes in the I, podcast i remember you and then they're not yeah, they're not affected. They started at eight, but they're not really starting until 10, 30 or 11. And then, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see an up. I see an up. And so in their mind, ups don't come on the lot till 11 or 10, 30. Why would I waste time doing stuff? Well, that's your precious time to do follow-up, catch up on all your due bills, uh, walk the lot. Those are the miscellaneous times that you probably won't have a whole lot of customers on the lot. Catch up on everything. So when you do see that first customer on the lot, now you know, okay, now it's sales time. It's time to get going. It's now sales time. And then there's that window from 10 o'clock, let's say, to, to 5 or 6 p.m. 
that you got ups. And then all of a sudden, closer to when you start closing the store, it kind of dies down again. That's your back half, right? You're back out of the, of the golf course to do more follow-up, to do more WEO stuff, do bills, and, and button up loose ends. So don't get to work at, at open and, and, and not be effective till 10, because now your nine-hour day is, is five hours of work. Right. Yeah. What time does your dealership open? We open at nine. And are, are you this nine to what? Nine to eight. The shifts usually range from nine to five or nine to six, or that, which would be a day shift or an evening shift, which would run from one in the afternoon to eight at night. Got it. Okay. So there's, so on the one o'clock shift to one to eight, when you get there at one, that's uptime, man. That's time to go find a customer. So don't use that one o'clock to three o'clock to do your follow-up, things like that. So that day, you might have to come in a little bit early to button up loose ends because at one o'clock, you want to hit the ground running. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, do you have to devote some, some more time to the dealership that you spend a bunch of time at? Yes. But do you also want to make a hundred, hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have to sacrifice time a little bit of time for money that's what we do when we go to the dealership is we sacrifice our time for money so we might as well capitalize on every minute we got at the dealership to maximize the money and that is one of them at one o'clock it's uptime until i get tired or i have to deal with you know other things other than sales that's money time uh same thing in the in the in the morning right um, yeah. that's when you make your follow-up calls yeah it's early in the morning yeah you might be bugging people but if you're calling people at, at 9 a.m. and they're home, that means they're not working, right? Is that the guy that has a bunch of money to buy a brand new car with? Probably. Maybe, yeah. right? Maybe. But he's, if, if you catch a guy during the week or, or a female during the week and, uh, and they're not working, they may not be the decision maker to, to you know, yeah. to... Like if I didn't have a job and a salesman called me to buy a new car, I'd be like, I'm not the one to talk to. I don't make a dollar. So also, and I got this, we're going to talk about this in a little bit too, is uh, who you're calling, who you're calling is important too. Okay. Uh, do you have any other problems at work with time management? Is there something that, that is very specific? I know you mentioned managers and, and days off. No, I just I just had kind of a little bit of a light bulb moment there when you said now is uptime. Now you take mm -hmm. your ups. So I thought I thought to myself, of course, one of the things that flusters me so much is I'm trying to follow up. I'm trying to get my do list done and, and an up shows up. And it's like, but I was just about to, but the up is money, potentially. Mm -hmm. I had an up yes yesterday. I sold a a really big expensive tundra yesterday like i made a bunch of money on this sale and it was an upgrade i hesitated and i told i had to tell myself you know no take it that's what you're supposed to do that's your job and it's possibly money had i not taken it so what i'm trying to say is that light bulb moment when i was listening to you is, is if i can get my my do list and my phoning done when phoning is another issue for me it's one of those things that i mentioned to you if i can get all that done before customers start walking in that'd be great mm -hmm. be a lot more relaxed 
Yeah. So uh, I have I have a couple sales guys that you know they've been in the car business five six years. To me, that's still new, right? They can still use the "Hey, I'm new to this business" verbiage and make sales that way. But when they come to me with this exact topic, time management, that's I tell them the same thing. There's a time for phone calls and and follow up and sending out letters and birthday cards, and then there's the money time. And don't ever cross them, right? You're not going to be doing follow up and birthday cards and all this stuff at at 2 p.m. or or after dinner when people start showing up. No, man, that, that's time management. You need to put, it's like Django blocks. You got to put them in the right places for something to form. Well, if you want to have a successful day, which turns into a successful week, you need to just, you're already doing it. You just need to put them in the right time slots. Okay. Got it. Yeah. There's a reason why NBC, ABC, Fox put the, 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 the best shows in that time slot, that five to seven, right? Mm-hmm. It's because that's when people are ready to watch some TV. Well, there's a certain time customers are ready to come on the lot and they're in the buying mood. Don't be inside your office sitting on the phone. Hey, uh, Betsy, I'm setting you up for that paint repair. Man, you would have lost the Tundra deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but you have good uh, salesman intuition that you knew, uh, You, I got to go, right? And yeah. and I got a customer that I'm going to make a seven pounder off of right now. I, I, I got to go. Boss is calling me. You know, make something up and go, how are you guys doing? Because remember, we're in the customer service business. They're allowed to bug us on our phones. They're allowed to send us emails. They're allowed to do all this because we are customer service people. So when you're helping a customer, don't look at them as, as I'm just helping it up, right? You're helping somebody that chose this dealership, that you have an opportunity to help make a dream come true and earn a customer and friend for life. So when people say, oh, you can take that up or things like that, that's our verbiage, but try not to think of them as, as that. You can take it. I get to. I, those people chose our, they, there's 70 dealerships in this town and they chose us. I'm going to make their dreams come true by giving them every bit I got of skill, personality, energy. And if they still turn me down, then I either I got to do better or they weren't buying, but I'm going to give it my all, right? Mm-hmm. Just you lay it out there, just like the jujitsu match. You're not sandbagging, man. You're trying to submit the guy. Otherwise, right. he's going to get you. So, That's right. <laughs> okay, so um, put your put your your things that you got to do in the right time slots. Uh, anything else in time management you want to cover? No, I think I, that's that was quite quite helpful already. I can't think of anything else, and I know that I've given okay. you a lot already. Hey, well, if you think of something in this, let me know. Okay. Okay. So the next thing you brought up was making calls. People struggle with cold calls. My, when I first got in the car business, I had um, zero minutes of training. Literally, I was told because I came from Circuit City and I sold computers. I was yeah. told, "Hey, get on the lot, get a customer, sell them a car." I'm like, "That's my training, really?" And then my other training was, "Let's pretend like this is a phone book." Kyle, go make some calls. We're slow. Get a customer in. I'm like, "You want me to call strangers in the phone book?" And it was so nerve wracking, but my boss told me what to do. And I'm, I'm a guy who's company first. So I did what my boss said. I started calling people and nothing I said worked. Hi, this is Kyle at, it was Giwiki Ford at the time. This is Kyle at Giwiki Ford. And I was just, you know, I go through this script, hang up. We're not interested. We just bought a car. It was always a negative answer. So then I started trying to get creative. I had to change my script, right? even though I had no training. 
So then I started calling a guy in there that said John Smith, and I would call him by the name that was above him, Ken Michaels or whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm calling to, can I speak to Ken Michaels? Uh, I think you got the wrong number. And then I would be like, oh, he's missing out on this. He gave me the wrong number. He's missing out on this major program we have at the Ford store down here, right? So then I started trying to get a little crafty. I thought I was smart. Right. Uh, and it, it, you know, I got some people in, and but cold calls are extremely hard. Yeah. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah. We, I, I don't mean, do any cold calls. Like, I mean, sometimes I will. For me, it's like really hard just to call a customer who doesn't answer, like who hasn't answered in the past, right? Cold <laughs> calls, like I, it's on my list of things to do. Like, like great books I want to read, mastering right. cold calls. Like I need to be able to do that. Like I know about Joe Girard and, you know, and how he used to do that. And I like, God, I can't, it's, it's hard for me to use the phone. I'm getting better yeah. at it. I'm going to give you some tips on what will help though. Okay. Because I've already done all this and, and I'm no master at the phone, right? There's going to always be someone better than me and someone worse than me. Same thing for you. You're going to always hear somebody down the hall and be like, wow, that was awesome. But then you're going to hear someone that's even worse. But the thing is, is you continue to learn and try to get better. Never stop trying to get better. So here's some tips on, on calling, whether it's a cold call or a warm call or a hot call or a whatever call, okay? Is you need to sound like you already know the person. Whenever you call somebody, you're not calling a stranger, right? This is my phone. You're not calling a stranger. You're calling somebody that is a good friend of yours. Frank! Is this Frank? What's up, Frank? This is Kyle over at uh, the Maserati store down the street. How are you been? Right? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. I've been meaning to call you back. Huh? <laughs> right? But you're starting to get some emotion out of the guy. Because if I just call him and say, hey, Frank, my name's Kyle at the Maserati store down the street. Yeah, what's up? I'm busy. It's, it's always going to be a terrible answer. So why not have fun with it? Right? Be a character. You can do whatever you want on the phone. As long as you don't cuss at him and get yourself fired. You can say whatever you want. Have fun. Hey, Frank, this is Kyler at the Maserati store. How you doing? Yeah, I've been meaning to call you back. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you just go on about what you're trying to accomplish, okay? Um, when you're on the phone, remember, it's you're selling the appointment. You can't sell the car over the phone. Literally, there's no way for me to say, how was the test drive? Here's the car. And, and give it to you there's just no way so remember remember your goal on the phone is to get an appointment get them in the dealership okay. hey i was wondering if if uh you know if let's say you get a little farther in the conversation i'm not asking you to buy a car i'm just asking you to come down check them out have a cup of coffee with me it gives me a reason to go buy a, a coffee across the street right I, if i do it by myself my boss is like what are you doing you're taking too many breaks right but if i go to a customer all right i'll be down there but you can't say that stuff until you've established a kind of a fun, happy-go-lucky conversation. You're going to always get people that are like, hey, I, I'm not interested. Bye. Okay. I had nothing earned before that call. And guess what? I didn't lose anything. I still got nothing. So the, the customers on the phone that are brutal and rude and, and give you the cold shoulder and have, don't want to have nothing to do with you, don't worry about it. You had nothing going into it. It's not like you spent five bucks to make that call. So... Get in the mindset, Frank, that I, you have nothing before the call and you could have nothing after the call, but there is that chance that you have something great after the phone call, okay? So remember that when you're making calls, that 
who cares what the script is and who cares that if you get a big old fat no and in, in, in your comfort zone saying, no, don't do it, don't do it, do it. Your comfort zone always wants to pull you back into what's nice and warm and fuzzy, okay? Yeah. It's, it's when you get out of that comfort zone, you start making bigger dollars and making more appointments. So, when, so tip one is call them like you already know them. And your, my script and your script will be different. We grew up in two different areas. We talk different. So when you're, when you're talking to these customers, do it how Frank would do it, not how Kyle just did it. Okay. Hey, this is Frank over at da 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 at uh, Kenshaw Toyota. How you been, man? Sorry, I missed your call. Or did you call me? I, I don't even know anymore. And get people laughing and have fun because the phone call is you're trying to get an appointment in, okay? And you just want to have a little lighthearted conversation. You don't got to talk about credit. You don't got to talk about heavy stuff. Save that for when you've built a face-to-face relationship, okay? So the, the cold call part, it is brutal. Uh, but do you like music? Love music. Okay, who is your favorite artist of all time? Oh, I have so many. Okay, give me just maybe a top ten one. Just give me one. I don't know. I, I love a lot of rock and roll. I love, you know, I love a lot of rock and roll. Beatles. I don't know. On and okay, on. so much. Let's oh let's so so we'll use the Beatles, right? All right. And and they had a formula to making music. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a formula to making a hit song. It's not an accident that, oh man, that artist made a, a hit song on accident. No, there is a specific formula to make a hit song, but you have to have a band. You got to practice. You got to do a lot of stuff to formulate that hit song. Right. So if the, let's say the Beatles made a really bad song, and, and it, which is unheard of, but let's just say they made a really bad song. Would they, would they take that song off that album that failed and try to put that song in another album? I don't see why. No, like, well, let's give it a try again, right? No, no it, that song sucked. We're not putting it in their next album. Throw that song away. So when you have a script on a phone call and it's terrible and it's not working, move on. Think of something else. So what salesmen will do is they'll get trained on how to make a call. Hey, do this script. And it never works, but they keep doing it, right? They keep using the same, hey, this is Frank at... Kenshaw Toyota, hey, this spring, man, I'm not having any success, boss. I've been making 100 calls. There's a reason why. It's not a hit song. Got it. So what you need to figure out in your verbiage and your style of talking is, I call it the hook. Every song has a hook. Has a hook, yeah. And the hook happens in the first 30 seconds of any song. Listen to the latest hit songs. In 30 seconds, the hook's already there. The chorus, the fun spot that you can sing to. So when you're making a phone call, knowing that the music industry that's near world domination, they figured out that in the first 30 seconds of a song, I have to have a hook. Otherwise, someone's going to say, I turn the song, next track. Frank needs a hook in the first 30 seconds of of his phone call. So when you have a, a script for a phone call, think of it as a Beatles song. Beatles songs are quick and to the point. They're not eight minute songs. Right, a Beatles song average is probably two minutes and thirty seconds, but they catch you with that chorus right away. So when you make a call, think of the Beatles analogy, please, and you'll start seeing things happening better for you. Throw away your old scripts that don't work. If it doesn't work, toss it. 
and and don't be afraid to try new stuff because you got nothing going into the phone call anyway, right? You have zero sense made, you have zero appointments made, you got nothing. So if you come out of the phone call with nothing, you've lost nothing. No big deal. Have you lost a little pride? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. A few calories. Maybe you got a headache now, but but at least you're not losing anything. So key to the phone call is act like you already know them and they're your friend, right? Have fun, have the hook, the song. Remember the song analogy? Mm-hmm. And you have to have something compelling to get them in. So compelling means promotions or you know current promotions on your product. Toyota is a phenomenal product. I mean, it's a, literally a world-class brand that it, it's, I mean, it's a near a perfect brand, right? And you got to have that energy on the phone. Oh, you've never driven a Toyota? Well, when can you come down? I'm not asking you to buy a thing, right? I just want you to come down and check them out. Take you five, 10 minutes. If you don't like the product, you don't got to buy it, right? There's your little uh, loophole so they don't feel like they have to buy a car. But once they meet you and fall in love with you, they're done. That's where the real magic happens when they meet Frank. So you got the, you got the uh, sound like a friend, you got the hook, and you got the the uh, like the promotional thing, the substance of the call. Something to bring them in. And how long is a Beatles song? Two to three minutes. You occasionally get one or four or five, but yeah. yeah. So customers nowadays are so busy at home. Tension spans, yeah, busy, busy. Yeah. They don't they don't they don't have time for a long drawn out thing. Okay. So those are some things on on calling. The other thing I was talking about was who are you calling? Okay, so there was a time period in my in my career where I, I had a hernia surgery and I was off of work two or three months. Okay, there was a time where I was at home. You could catch me on my home phone or my cell phone. I'd answer the call. I was so bored. Okay, and but I didn't have buying power at that time. We just we kind of alluded to this. I was not the buying power. My wife was grinding working two jobs to keep us afloat till I healed. So that was not a time that I, I could make any money decisions. At that point, I was trying to save money. So you got to remember when you're calling people at home and they're a stay-at-home dad, a stay-at-home mom, or they're not working, things like that, you might be calling the wrong place. Home might actually be the wrong place. Who do you think is a good person to call during the day? Or a type of person? That's got money. Somebody at work. Frank the genius, right? So if you can get a hold of people that are grinding every day like Frank and Kyle, oh, those are the guys that got money in the bank. Those are the guys that can afford $150 more a month on their car. Those are the guys so busy they can't spend their money, right? You meet those people. They, they got the same Nike shoes on for the last three years because they don't, they don't have time to go shopping. Those are the people that you call, right? Wow. So yeah. when, you, when you're doing, call, hey, call, call these people. Get, uh, no, I'm going to call businesses. I'm going to call real estate agents. They got cash right now coming out of their ears. They just need someone to bring them a car to look at. It. Hey, I know you're busy. Let me come by your, your uh, real estate office and bring some donuts. Really? Yeah, I'll be right there. You were listening to the RAV4, right? You put an internet lead or whatever. I'll be right there. My name's Frank, okay? Or if you got to call people and you're going down the list, call businesses, okay? 
do you see the difference between a guy at home in the middle of the week versus a, a guy at the real estate office grinding? Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the questions I posed to my managers a couple of days ago was, you know, I feel like, when do I call these people? Cause it's like daytime in there. This is me being nervous, right? Shy. They're at work and I don't want to bother them at work, but you know, I, I get what you said earlier, right? If they're at home, they're probably unemployed, you know? And if they are at work in, in, in the same way that I'm at work, you know, I'm making money now and I don't, I, you know, I can buy that car, but I'm so busy doing this. They're perfect candidates. In other words, just like you said, mm -hmm. but I, but I've, I've hesitated. Like I've been hesitating for the last since February, basically like calling people like Jesus, like, two o'clock in the afternoon this guy's probably at work it's eight o'clock nine o'clock in the morning he's probably at work i shouldn't call him now he's probably going to get pissed at me that's the attitude i have and i think that's probably why i asked you about this because i've got problems mm -hmm. well sometimes we're our, our own worst enemy right we're already prejudging the phone call before we made it yeah okay so i say call him whenever the heck you have time to call him and let him decide if it's a good time or bad time to talk. Don't decide before the call, okay? Because mm -hmm. now you're setting your call up for failure. And hey, I, uh, you know, I hope it's not a bad time to call. Screw mm -hmm. it. You do your, you do your script. Hey, is this Mike? Did I catch you at a good time? You're working, aren't you? Oh, I know you're a grinder. You know, you say something to compliment him or whatever. And if he says, "Hey, I'm at work. Awesome. No problem. I know you're a busy guy. Well, I'm going to do this." Uh, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to send you a quick text message with my info. Maybe just text me back when I can call you. It only takes a few minutes of your time, right? And then you send them a text, you get a dialogue. Everyone has time to text or at least view it, okay? And then you can kind of backdoor the, the phone call with the text message. Texting right now is the way to go when you want to reach people that are unreachable, okay? If, if I'm in the middle of working three car deals for my sales guys, I cannot take a phone call because I'm focused on my three deals. Same thing with you. But I can go like this real quick. Okay, yeah. I'll call him back. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if you make a call and it's awkward and the guy's at work and the or the girl's in the middle of a sale or whatever you whoever you call this business person, say, mm -hmm. I knew you're busy, you, you, you know, and you say something, compliment them. I'm gonna send you a quick text. Maybe shoot me back a text when I can call. It'll only take a few minutes of your time. Okay, mm -hmm. no problem. And then and then you make contact and you you, you know you but don't be afraid of if uh, if it's a good time or not, let them tell you if it's a good time or not. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say my manager, um, uh, in response to that question, like, like I feel uncomfortable calling people at work. One of the things he said was, uh, he said this to me like several times, actually get your calls out right away. First thing in the morning. That way, if they are going to come in, they, you know, they got a bigger chance of coming in that day, right? If you call them late in the day, you know, you lose that time and you get those calls out of the way. Another thing he said, which I thought was he just, out of the blue. He told me this. He said, I used to, this is about him talking. I used to wake up Sunday morning, breakfast, coffee, bacon and eggs, right? My book, in other words, his day book, right? And I'd rattle off a whole bunch of calls on Sunday morning. Sunday morning. And it was like, uh, you know, it was like an insight that it, into, into, you know, how to become a great car salesman that, I know it's worth a lot. I didn't do that this morning because I, I felt a bit uncomfortable, but I thought about it. 
right? And that I think is is connected to what you're just saying. Like, don't worry about that. Let them decide when when a it's a bad time or a good time. Just make the call. Yeah, make the call. Let them decide because you may call them and say, "Oh my gosh, thank you for calling." You're going to get that call, that yeah. that answer. I I need a I need a truck. Mine just blew up. Mine just got totaled. Boom. You're the first guy that called. Perfect. Let me get this stuff over. I'm sorry that you got your car got totaled. I hope everything's okay. You know, you're compassionate. You're, you're good customer service and you give them a reason why they want to buy from you. Hey, I'm new to this, this car business, but I will give you 110% of my uh, work ethic, sweat equity, whatever you call it. And you know how much that means to a business owner right now when no one wants to work. Frank's telling me he's going to work more than hundred percent for me. All right, when can I come in? I'll be there. I got some time tomorrow. Okay. Um, one of the things that I used to hold back when I was in, young in the car business was my emotion with the customer. I wanted to be this cold hearted, you know, blood rinse cold salesman that was just a top dog. Okay. And I had this, this mentality. But what I was lacking was true emotion. And I brought this up in my other one on ones with, with other salespeople. And if I, if I use it with Frank, you can see how it works. Frank, I just want to say thank you so much for doing the one-on-one -on -one with me. It, it means a lot to me. And the fact that you you helped me financially a little bit is kind of an investment in yourself. That that translates to my family. Thank you, Frank, for, for providing for my family. I really appreciate it. Can you see that emotion in me? Yeah. First, I really mean it. Thank you, Frank. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I truly mean that. Um, the second thing is you can detect it. Customers are so smart nowadays. They can detect a genuine salesman that's trying to really earn an honest dollar. Now we earn a lot of dollars, but it's still very honest, right? We can't lie, cheat, or steal to a from a customer. We get fired. Customers can lie to us the whole time. Oh, my credit's fine. I'm not upside down. I got a bunch of money down. I'm a 700 score. All of those things are lies. <laughs> you're a 400 score, you have no money down, you're upside down, right? <laughs> they can lie to us and not get in trouble. Yeah. We can't lie to them one time or we get hammered. So when you're genuine with people and you're telling them, the, you know, great things and hey, thank you, give me an opportunity to earn your business, they, they want to buy from you, okay? So be genuine with these customers when you're reaching out on phone calls too. Have fun. It's a lighthearted moment. You have no rapport with them yet. So you have to do something to get them kind of their blood pumping a little bit. Okay. Um, so just remember um, who you're calling. Okay. I want to go over a couple more things in the phone calls. So uh, phone calls, when you are trying to make call, cold calls, for instance, okay, you, your manager says, Hey, I need you to bring some customers in, get an appointment. So one of my sales guys, he's very creative. And I was telling him, why don't you go to every real estate office website in, in this town, Coeur d'Alene, there's so many of them, and every real estate agent puts all their information out there because they want you to buy a car or a house so bad. They got emails, they got phone numbers, they got where they work, they got everything there. That is who you need to reach out to. Shoot them a text, send them an email, call them, and, and think of a script that has a hook in it that's catchy and not too long that you can talk and start building a relationship with these people. You have an endless amount of real estate agents in your town, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. And there's new ones popping up every day because everyone's trying to get a hold of this real estate bubble. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So those are the people that you, they're up early. They're up at 6 a.m. Early bird gets the worm. Calling them at eight, they've been up for two hours. So um, think about real estate offices. Um, What other businesses? Is there industries in here? Is there construction? Or I mean, I'm sure there's got to be, right? Toronto's a big city. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of construction. Yeah. Real estate. Huge. Get out of the real estate phone number, the real the um, home phone numbers, and get to the business phone numbers, and you will start meeting people that have money. You will start meeting people that are businessmen that appreciate a guy trying to grind every day, and you'll start getting more and more people coming and asking for you. You land one big account with somebody, you're their fleet guy. Oh, we need five uh, Corollas and we need six of these. Hey, okay, I got them. You know, as opposed you know- to the one guy that's at home with no money. One, one of the, I think the elephant in the room, I think, and I've been trying to, I've listened to the podcast thinking that you might talk about it. I don't know what it's like down in the States right now, but here it's like, let's say somebody comes in and says, I want to buy a Sienna. It's a 20 month wait. Mm-hmm. It's a five month wait for the Corolla. And again, this is probably that same negative voice that says, maybe I should be calling this guy right now. Cause it's like, he's working. It's me saying I shouldn't be calling this guy because if I call him, I don't have a car for him. I just have like a promissory note saying we can probably get you one maybe in five months, maybe 20 months, depending on the vehicle. Very true. That is an elephant in the room. So instead of, so you have to switch your game plan a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. If, If someone wants a van and you can't turn them to anything else on the lot, you can't turn them to a Sequoia or a Highlander or Forerunner. They want to see in a van all-wheel drive, right? That, that's it. And you can't dealer trade because no one wants to dealer trade. What is your only option? Ordering, right? Yeah. There's, there is no other option. So when you're calling these people, you say, hey, we're taking orders for the next batch of vehicles coming in. And I saw that you're interested in a Sienna. Do you want to get your name on an order list? Right. We take a small deposit. We put in your order. You come down, pick out all the options. Then you're getting a customized Sienna exactly how you want it. And you're not going to miss the next shipment because if you continue to wait, 20 months is now 24. 24 is now 36. Right. So let's get so don't call and, and try to sell them a car that you don't have. Call them and tell them, hey, we're taking orders on the next batch of vehicles coming in. I saw you're interested in it. There's none in this in the our entire area. And, and start focusing on that. Do you remember Gateway Computers? They had the cow boxes back in the 90s, okay. Their okay. whole business model was built on orders. You couldn't okay. go into a store. So how in the world does that company become a billion dollar company without being able to walk into a store and buy some? Because they promote it that you're ordering it, right? It's a custom built PC and you can order it. So what you need to do is, Yes, call them, tell them what's going on. Can I get you on the next order list? And because that is your only option, right? That sounds so much better than what I, the way, it's like a different light on the same subject. It's so much more positive. I like that. Yeah, you're twisting the, you have a crappy scenario. I don't have a car to sell you, but you're twisting it to, I don't have a car to sell you. I'll keep an eye out, which is never coming to, Let's get you on the order list because they're going off the shelves as soon as we get them in. Everything we're getting in right now is pre-sold, right? And if you're really serious about a Sienna van, all-wheel drive with the brown leather, the limited, we've got to get you on the order list because Toyota's not building them for stock anymore. They're building them only for special order. 
right? You got to make something up and, and get that, that order. And then in a few months, it'll pop in and there you go, or 20 months or whatever it is. Hopefully it's sooner. But if you don't at least offer it, then they don't know that option exists. Okay. I, I uh, had a Maserati on order for 13 months. An MC20 is a $265,000 car that the guy put a $10,000 non-refundable deposit on. I literally took $10,000 and gave him a paper about that big that showed his order. Right? If I could do it, Frank, you can do it with a Sienna. <laughs> right? So change your verbiage of, of that. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is a good point. And I haven't talked about that on the podcast because how long is this going to last? I don't know. Is it common now that you have to order everything? It sounds like it is up where you're at. There's nothing on the lots up there. Change your verbiage. Okay. Think of a new script. Remember the old script's not working. Get the hook. It's a Beatles song. Yeah, Put you on the it. order list. Okay. Uh, and you, you kind of understand what I'm saying about calling businesses, getting their info, doing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Got money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Something that, yeah. It's on my to-do yeah. list. So is there anything in your house right now, Frank, that you need desperately a, a new washer or a blender or a Ninja or a microwave? Is there anything right now that you need? I can't think of anything. I, I need to get my car fixed. I have the mirror on my car. Um, headphones. I okay. Headphones. headphones. I don't need appliances. Yeah. If imagine if a sale uh, a a person at Apple or Android or someone called you right now and said, "Hey, we're running a promo on these headphones. It's two for one," uh, and tells you some cool specs about it. Right? You're not going to go into a showroom and look at headphones. It's going to be online or over the phone. And you happen to need headphones. You're probably going to order them if the guy does everything right over the phone. Really? Okay. And I'll have Frank, I'll have you in, in three days. If they're not there in three days, here's my personal number and I'll figure something out for you. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Boom. There's your order. Yeah. So that goes back to just make the call and let them decide if it's a good time or not. Okay. Uh, salesmen and men in general have a fear of, of uh, what's the word? A fear of denial or rejection. Rejection. You got to be okay with getting rejected. Okay. If you don't ask the girl to the dance, you'll never know the answer. If you don't ask for the sale, you'll never know the, if you get it or not. If you don't make the phone call, you don't know if you're going to get the appointment. You just got to do and don't overthink it. What time is it? Hey, my shift started. My manager said to make calls. Let's do this. Hey, Frank, right? You just do it, man. Nike style. Just, just do it. Uh, it. And, and try to put the rejection thing out the window. Okay. Just get it out of the window. Um, it, it, because that holds people back from greatness and success is the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, right? Fail forward, just do it. And if you get beat up in the meantime, oh, well, how many times did you get submitted when you first started? The only getting getting submitted tapping man is the only way you uh, really to move forward, right? Yeah, it's better than you, and you tap and you learn and you progress. You get you get tapped. You either go to sleep or you tap, right? You've probably done both. But if you didn't have that moment, you wouldn't now know how to counter it. Like, yeah. oh man, if I would have done this and put my arm in, right? Yeah, I could counter it. Yeah. Same thing with the phone call. I just got beat up on this retarded script I have and I'm changing it up. I'm putting a hook in it. I'm going to, uh, 
have something compelling to talk about. I'm going to have some substance to it. I'm going to make them fall in love with me and get that appointment. Okay. You got to fail at jujitsu to get better. You got to fail at phone calls to get better. Okay. You got nothing going in. You got nothing coming out. You didn't lose anything. Okay. One, I one get emotional in this. I got, I love yeah, this yeah. stuff. Like that's why I appreciate <laughs> one of the reasons why I appreciate you so much, Kyle, really. Um, one last thing though, about phone calls, at least one last question I have message, like when they don't answer and I have to leave a message. Don't, don't leave a voicemail, send a text. Do not okay. leave a voicemail because I had, I'll show you my phone right now. Let me get to it. Hold on. Voicemails. These are voicemails that I've haven't deleted. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time to listen to a, a 27 second, a 38 second, 28 second, a minute half. But I have eyeballs that can read a text in one second. Okay. So make the call. If they don't answer, call them back in an hour. But th the moment you um, don't make contact, go to text because they might have looked at the phone call and saw, oh, I don't know that guy. They set it down, right? It's on their desk. And then a text pops up. Oh, that's the guy. Oh, it's Frank. He, they may call you back right away, but you send a text. Don't leave a voicemail. It's just work that not, you're never going to get results out of. Okay. So I'm using two phones, my desk phone and my, my own phone to text with. Okay. Yeah. So, so what I used to do, cause I did the same thing. I'd use my desk phone a lot. And so I would, I would call, not leave a message, hang up send a text and say, Hey, I just called you from my office phone. You probably didn't recognize it. This is Kyle over. I'm just getting back to you about this, this, and this getting back to them indicates that they wanted your help for some reason, even though it's a fresh customer, well, getting back to me, I must've called them. Oh yeah. Hey, what's going on, Frank? Like you already know them. Okay. So cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave a message because they're, they're not going to listen to it, but they Got will it. read a text message. Okay. Now, if you send it, if you send a text and it says a uh, message not received or unable to get text message because they got some old phone, then call back and leave a voicemail or just call back until they answer, right? right. Call until they buy or die. It's an old school method, but you got to try them every time. Okay. Anything else on making calls? No, I'm good. Got a lot. I to don't have a lot of practice. Good. I don't, there's no. No matter how many videos you watch, there's no magic formula to make a call and then a customer appears in your showroom. Every moment is different on every phone call. What you have to have is four bullet points of what you want to accomplish. The last one being an appointment, a confirmed appointment. And the first being uh, sound like a friend, right? Have the hook, have some substance of why you're calling, get the appointment, okay? It's a formula, just like a song. There's a catch. Okay. Uh, holding your ground was another thing. What do you mean by holding your ground? I'm curious. Oh, I think this has to do with confidence. And for me, confidence comes from what I've like, you know, the more I master something, the more I get close to mastering something, the more confident I feel. And um. There've been a couple of issues last little while. Um, I, the Tundra deal yesterday was a hard negotiation. Um, that took about an hour, just, just negotiating the deal, right? The haggling back and forth, getting them to agree to it. 
this is like a, a truck that they have to wait two years for if they were to order it and it's in the showroom and they Ooh. can have it now and they're and they're they're busting excuse my expression busting my balls over a step right that they want for free and, and on and on that's something right i'm not used to doing that it's one of the reasons why i wanted to do this work right to get good at something like that negotiating doing business but there are other things that i've like I haven't been good at in, in the past. And, and it's like uh, asking for money. You know, I, I would, I used to be a teacher and I teach for free. Something I probably picked up from my father. He was a watchmaker and a clockmaker, And he, people would come by the house after, after a long day at work, they'd come by and see him here at the house after dinner, they'd hand him a watch. He'd go off and fix it. And then he'd give it to them and said, don't worry about it. You know? And that's uh, kind of the way I am. And there was, um, I, I, I haven't even broken down my pay stubs yet. I haven't broken one of them down yet to see like, did I get paid properly on this deal? Did I get paid properly on that deal? Right. And, and so, and I've done some prestigious work in the past as, as a contract writer, right? Where I, I, that I, I worked for some, let's just say some famous people. I wrote for the ghost wrote for them and I didn't ask for any money until it was too late, you know? And then, and then it was uh, more like I quit rather than asking to be paid. So you get, I, uh, I, I, let's make it concrete. A customer comes in and he orders a RAV4 from me. So that I, I sold him a RAV4. He says he wants the same deal that his daughter got from another salesman. And he mentions key protection and waive the dealership fee. So I say to him, I'll see what we can do, right? I go and talk to my manager and he says, yeah, sure. Right, we'll do the same thing, right? Did the deal, signed it. A couple of days later, he says, hey, my daughter got tire and rim protection as well. And I remember asking you for that. I want that too. Now the contract's already been signed. The bill of sale's already been signed. And and he's and he, I'm I'm making this really short, right? But he got pretty pretty irate with me on the phone, telling me that he had told me like repeatedly, and I don't remember him saying that. I didn't write it down, and I'm pretty sure that when we were in the manager's office, right, that they my manager says this. I don't. He saw it and he realized that he wasn't asking for it, and so he only gave him the two, right, not the three discounts. And uh, so holding my ground, this ties in, I think, in my head to, to, to um, that podcast you did on holding growth, right? Holding value, right? Yeah. The value of the car, the value of the salesperson, confidence in myself, confidence in the product, confidence in the dealership. I guess that's no, that. Yeah, so... Um... Well, you've been in the in the car sales part for since February, okay? So yeah, you're sense. you're still when when I think of holding ground, I think of a tree, right? Those roots of yours, they're they aren't giant, thick, strong roots that are just planted, right? That at this point of your career, a customer can bully you. A customer can say stuff that makes you feel very awkward, or mm -hmm. that that you don't know how to handle the scenario, and and that's okay. So don't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm weak or I haven't, I, whatever, throw that out of your mind. You are still learning 
and your your roots haven't grown so deep that you've you've dealt with every scenario. Okay, so we'll address that guy in in a second. But I want to go over a few things that make those roots extremely strong. And you said one of them was confidence. Okay, the way you get confidence in at the dealership is through experience, right? Oh, I've helped, I've dealt with this scenario. I know how to deal with these this type of customer. Okay, then you're confident. Oh yeah, I know how to deal with him. Bring him to me. Okay, so so experience builds confidence. But the where you can get the most confidence when you're brand new is product knowledge. Right. I am unstumpable on an Alfa Romeo Julia. Bring it. Okay. Because now a customer comes in and starts asking me technical questions. If I don't know those questions, my confidence goes, it shrinks to nothing. But if I, if I know, if I, if you could point at something on the, on the Julia, the Alfa Romeo Julia, I can tell you what it is. I can tell you what it does. And I can tell you a story about why it's there. Okay. That is how you need to be with, and I know Toyota has a lot of products, but you are going to be a a professional car sales guy. It's something that you are, you have to know it all. Now, do you have to know how much the torque is on the the lug nut? No, (laughs) but if it's, if it's visible to a customer's eye, you should know about it. Okay. If it's um, underneath the hood or it has anything to do with the way the car feels, you need to know about it. Okay. Do you need to know what the material is inside the transmission and all the gears? No. Do you need to know how many speeds the transmission is? Yeah. Yeah. Is it an automatic or man? Does it have select shift? Does it have a Jake brake type feeling where when you put it in this tow haul mode, it starts holding you back? So when you're coming down a steep grade, you're not using any brakes until you absolutely have to, okay? So when you know everything about everything, in theory, then you have a confidence level that's untouchable. A customer cannot stump you. So if you want to really have confidence and and have a value that surpasses the price of the car, you need to have, you need to know everything about everything. So I'll give you an example, okay? Toyota has a, a, a... a Sienna all-wheel drive, kind of a special edition right now. Can't, maybe came out a year or two ago. Do you know what it is? It's kind of an Latin. odd build. No? Kind of a weird one. The mobility? I don't know. No. The Toyota Sienna makes like this weird like wilderness version. Have you seen this? No. If, okay, if you go to, if you go to Toyota, the, the build your website or build right. your car, yeah. They have this like kind of an odd, like it's called like the wood woodsman or it's a yeah, weird. Woodland. Yeah. They, they just came out with the, uh, with, with a version of that for the RAV4. Okay. I don't know if we have right. that here. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. That might be a USA thing. I don't know. Okay. Um, but, but it's an, it's a strange build. It's very weird. It's like a, it has a lift kit in a Toyota Sienna all wheel drive. When I built that, I build cars all the time. It blew my mind. I don't even work for Toyota, but I <laughs> want to know all the competition, right? right. Even, though, even though I don't even have a van in my, my new car stuff, but I still want to build them. Right. So they have that Woodland Edition, right? right, if, right. If, you, if you know everything about that Woodland Edition and the customer's never heard of it and you say, hey, have you ever heard of the Woodland Condition or the Woodland Edition? Right. Right. Follow me. And now they're butter in your hands that you got them. They may not like the color or whatever, but your stocks, because you know something they don't, went 
And when they look at you like that high level professional, your confidence is through the roof. What else, what else does this thing do? Oh man, you just, you can say anything at that point and they just are eating out of your hands. That's how you get confidence. If you're new is product knowledge. You got to know everything about it. Do you know how much horsepower is in a, a Tundra? Yeah. How much? 483, I think, depending on which <laughs> the hybrid or the, uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. so you, you did, did you just detect a little non-confidence right there? It's, it's, that's the thing. Product knowledge is I didn't put it down in those, my four points of things to address. Yeah. But it's, it's the one thing that I want to focus on now. Yeah. That's how you get confidence. And that is how, and that's how you get customers to follow you around the lot. Like they're puppy yeah. dogs. Yeah. It feels as though, I mean, with some cars, I'm, I'm fluent, right? Yeah. With some of the models, but it feels product knowledge. It feels, it, it's like there's a, there's a, I got a drawer right here, just to my right. That's got a bunch of bills in it. And I, I take my bills and I know that some of them are going to have to go to the tax man at the end of the year. And some of them just are, are, I can throw them out and it's just a big clutter box right now. And I have to sort it. Right. And it's just something that I have to do and I haven't done it. And that's, that's what product knowledge is like to me. Yeah. Like I, cause I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Actually, that's a bit of a problem for me. And, uh, I, I want to be perfect at it. And sometimes that makes me avoid it. So the tundras is, you know, I, I, I know a bit about it. I, I yeah. great admiration for it. But I, you know, yeah, I look at it and I think, when am I going to study that? And, and then that goes right. ties back to that, that paralysis I feel on my days off. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so the thing that helped me, my dealership, when I first started at the Ford store had uh, walk around contests and the walk around contests had money. And when you put money on the line with Kyle, I'm going to win it. And so I wanted to have, I wanted to be the best at the walk around contest, but little did I know what it was actually doing. Now I got in a lot with a customer. I'm like, come on, let me show you the Ford Fusion hybrid, 47 miles a gallon freeway, 47 on the highway and 47 combined. And I would go through the whole thing with them because I just did a walk around competition. They bought the car. So when, when you are on the lot and it's slow and you got, you got free time, your follow-up, go do an a invisible walk around with a customer. You got an invisible customer and they're asking you tough questions and you do this walk around. Who cares what the other salespeople think? Your manager is going to love it. Your GM is going to love it. The owner is going to be like, what's Frank doing? Oh man, he practices walk arounds. Oh, okay. That's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on as an owner. Okay. You talk but, to yourself when you're doing that? In my head, I talk. Okay. I'm not actually saying it unless I, unless I want to hear my own voice. But when I would do those walk arounds, it was in my head. And I would just be thinking of what would I say if I opened the door and, and, they, and they say, well, what's that? Oh, that's where the, if you, if your battery dies and you need to pop this up and put the key in there, okay. right? Just thinking of feature action benefit. But if you want to talk about holding your ground when it comes to the money, when it comes to getting bullied, you have to set yourself up as a professional and have that confidence. Then they can't bully you around because you, you led the whole deal. They followed you like a puppy dog. All of a sudden the puppy dog doesn't get to bite you and and pull you around that's not how it works if you lead the dance the whole way when it gets to the money part 
they're going to be like, well, what about that free stuff? Now I can't do it. Okay. You're the big dog, but you do it in a tactful, professional way. Now what your guy needed, we'll get to your guy now. What your guy needed to buy the car at the price that was listed, he needed to feel like he won, right? So he needed to say, okay, I'm going to buy it here, but if I can get some of these things, I can, I'm going to buy the car. So he's a perfect example of a customer needs to feel like they won every time to buy the car. Now, customers that lay down at the desk, right? It's easy. They got great credit. They don't even argue about the, the, the money they, and they got 5,000 down. They, you want to know what they won and why they flopped over? They won a great salesman that helped them out and did everything right. That was what they won. That was their reward for coming to that dealership is they found a guy that, wow, yeah, let's go inside and work the numbers. So when they sat down, you didn't have to hold your ground because you've already, they've already feel like they won something with having a, a guy as good as Frank. But if you haven't established that, that's when you, the bullies come out because when it comes to money, Money comes between families, money comes between friends, money comes between business partners, money definitely comes between customers and salesmen, right? So if you haven't established and they don't feel like they won, then it only comes down to money and free stuff, okay? And what you have to do when you're standing your ground is you got to give him something at that point because he's asking, okay? If you just say no, he may blow out. Now it's how much can I minimize? Ah, uh, we don't do that program anymore. I know you want the exact same program what you want before. Here's what I can do because I do it with all my customers. I may not be able to get you all three items or all two items, but I'll try at least get one. Okay. Now you've set them up to only get one or zero. And then you come back with two. And he's like, okay, I'll take it. Now, when he calls back, shame on him. Okay. Because now he's not a man of his original word. You get me uh, the whatever it was and the whatever it was, and I'll take it. Perfect. So when he calls you, say, hey, I did exactly what you wanted. I, I, I wasn't there when your daughter bought the first car. I don't have a memory like that. And I wasn't there. You told me, hey, if you get me this and this, I'll take the car. The deal was fine before you signed, but now it's not. And I, after the deal's done and we've reported it to Toyota, we've reported it to the DMV, I cannot do anything. Okay. Now, can I get you maybe my sales cost at our parts department for something? Yeah, call me when you're ready. But as of right now, I can't do anything. Okay. I know I just went on a tangent, but I need you to know the importance of all of that. And if you still persist, that's why you have a sales manager. Right. I'm going to get you with my sales manager. And you're, I was told this when I became a sales manager, Kyle, you signed up for it once you took the promotion. And I thought, okay. <laughs> all right, boss. I'm going to go out there and do what you tell me, okay? So your sales manager is probably an, an awesome dude, and he's a great sales manager, but he also signed up to deal with some heat. That's why he gets paid what he gets paid. So if, if, you, can't, if you can't appease that customer with, with you holding your ground, then you need to say, I'll have my manager reach out to you. I don't want to have a bad relationship with you. I really enjoyed the original deal we had set up. We didn't know about that other thing. Our records don't go back that far sometimes. Um, you know, whatever you got to say to try to either calm him, stop him, or get him to your sales manager. There's not a perfect scenario for the people that come after the sale for stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Trying to throw in more stuff. It, that shows you his character, that he's going back on his own deal, yeah. right? So I've had to deal with people like that too. 
where it's like, well, you told me the deal. I did your deal. And now you're coming back with something else. That wasn't the deal, you know? So, okay. So holding your ground, um, just kind of recap product knowledge, get your confidence through the roof with product knowledge, give yourself time to get experience. Don't worry about it right now. Okay. Holding your ground and being a, a being a, the big dog and don't worry about that. Enjoy being new because it's only happens for a little bit of time where you can say I'm new. Eventually you can't say it anymore because they don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> build, build great relationship with these people. And it's okay to say, I can't do that to a customer. No customer that I've ever closed has blown out because I couldn't do everything they wanted. Oh, I'm out of here. Bye. Right. I always tell the customer, there's a middle ground somewhere here. I, I can't do everything you want and you're not doing everything I want, but I promise you this, we'll find a middle ground that works for you and me. That's a good deal. And uh, here's a little negotiating uh, reverse psychology that I use. When someone is a, a hard negotiator, okay? I don't know if I've ever told this in a podcast, but I'll tell it to Frank. I ask the person, because I'm setting them up for something. I go, let's say Frank's the, cu the customer. He's, he's a good grinder so far. I go, you're a pretty good negotiator, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I, I go, you know what? Iron sharpens iron. By you doing all this, it's actually making me a little bit better. But you are a good negotiator. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, right, right. And that's what I tell them. Good negotiators leave with a product. Bad negotiators talk themselves out of a deal. So if you really want to have a, a, a true good negotiation, you're going to leave with the car. Somehow, some way, we're going to find this out. That is a good nego negotiator. You can leave with a product. Anybody can come in and say, I'll give you this for it. Oh, no, you don't want it. Bye. That's not a good negotiator. That's actually a bad negotiator. Good negotiators leave with a product. It's a little, it's a little abrasive. So I hope you have built a really good relationship where you can say, man, you're a pretty good negotiator. And he's, uh-huh, uh-huh, right? You're kind of stroking, you're stroking his ego a little bit, but you're setting him up for good negotiators leave with the product. Bad right. negotiators just blow out of here. Yeah. So let's figure this deal out. Both side, both parties. Okay. Um, you're not going to use it on everybody. You're not going to use it with mom and pa that's, you know, buying a, <laughs> a Camry. Hey, are you a good negotiator? Uh, are we, you know, yeah. you're going to use it for that grind. Okay. Yeah. What else we got selling abroad? You mentioned that outside of the USA. You thinking about moving to Europe or somewhere over there? I thought about it. You know, as, as I said, I, I love, I'm pretty loyal and I don't want to leave anytime soon, but if I could, I'd like to, to go to the UK at least for a little while. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can assure you this because I have customers that live, uh, people that listen to the podcast that message me from Ireland, from UK, from Australia, from you name it. They message me. I love the feedback I get and they're good car salesmen. So here's, here's what it is about uh, selling. Frank Salvino, is it Salvino? Yeah, Salvino, yeah. Salvino, Frank Salvino can sell cars where he's at now. He can sell cars where he's at in, in the future. He can sell cars anywhere in the United States. If you know your, your, the region you live in, you know how the people are, you know your product, you can sell anything. You might need to learn a new language. That might be a new thing on the on the horizon or try to adapt their accent. So you don't look like the foreigner or, or something weird, you know? Uh, but if you can sell, 
I can pluck Frank Salvino out of my screen and put him in, in West Africa or South Africa at a Ford dealership. If you learn the language, you can sell cars there. So don't worry about changing regions. The biggest thing is you got to learn new product. Different countries have different product and you need to learn the people. Get in good with the people, learn the language or their accent. It's more of a people thing if you leave because a product is a product. If you sell Kirby vacuums and you move to China and you sell the Chinese version of Kirby, it's still a vacuum. Remember, it's always still a car. You just have to learn, learn the people. Find out what's uh, popular in that region. You know, diesel trucks in the U.S. are hot sellers, big old dually trucks. But in Italy, you're not going to see a dually, right? So you need to learn the region, too, that you're at. Uh, learn the culture. Sales can translate anywhere, anytime, and you can sell anything. Um, the, thing that, the thing that will always translate, even if you don't know the language, is passion. Remember passion. When you go to work and you're helping that next customer, Frank, have passion. And, and even if you have to trick yourself that you love your dealership and you love your manager and you love your product, eventually you start. You start telling yourself, I love Toyotas, man. That's a great vehicle. You start believing it. And maybe you already do. But if a customer can detect passion, it can translate to any country, any language, right? Love is love. If you love your product and you love helping customers, you cannot go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. You got anything else for me? No. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, the thing I, I always want to tell people when I do a one-on-one -on -one or even on my podcast, think about this, Frank, the fact that it's nine o'clock in your area or 8.30, whatever time it is over there, you're still trying to get better in the car business. So kudos to Frank Salvino. He's trying to become better, not just for himself and his income and his, and his, his lifestyle, but you're trying to get better for customers too, right? Yeah. This isn't just to... I want to make more money from them. You're trying to get better at a craft, like a welder. So when yeah. you go do a job, the job lasts, the job sticks, the, the welds are good. Same thing with, the, with, with what you're doing. So I'm very proud of you for reaching out and doing this one-on-one. -on -one. And I hope that you feel like you've earned or I've earned the money that you've sent me. I hope oh, that yeah. you do. Very great. That, mean, that means the world to me. And when I was talking about my family earlier and you helping my family, I could literally put a tear in my eye because... Uh, I really care about people that I get to help. I care about my family and I care about you and your family too. So I hope, uh, I hope you did see value in this and uh, I'm very happy to have met you, Frank. I really am from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Likewise, Kyle. Likewise. Do you work tomorrow? I am. One o'clock. Okay. Tomorrow you can make dreams come true for these people. So going with a mindset that, man, this is more than just me trying to make a commission. I'm here to make dreams come true. How can I help you guys? I'm Frank. I'm a new guy and I, I'll do everything I can to make sure you are happy with your purchase today. Well, that's a new, that's a new one, right? So just have passion tomorrow and, and see how it works for you. Thank you for everything, Frank. Anytime you need Thank me, you. message me. Okay, bud. Yeah. Thank you Thank so you, much, Frank. pal. All right, my friend, I'm cutting this out. All see right. Ya. Ciao.